0: Today we are in part 13, and we are looking at Proverbs 15. But before we dive into it, to open up the um, teaching, we have a question. How do you handle criticism? Do you like being criticized? And if you like it, if you don't like it, um, if it's something you can't do without, if you're a human being, how have you handled it? I, I mean, this question anyone can answer, but who wants to um, volunteer to um, be vulnerable? Okay, there's a hand there, and there's another hand there, um, and there's another one there. So we take one, two, okay, three, then four, and we'll begin. One. Okay, five. Okay, so five is a good number. Yeah. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Um, personally, I like being criticized. <laughs> um, for me, I see it as um, a eyes opener. Where's your wife? I don't is she here? Uh, no, I don't think so. She's not in church today? <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. I'm just coming from work, so I don't know. <laughs> I nailed it, Abi. <laughs> okay, good. So, um, I, I, we'll ask her. <laughs> if you like being criticized because <laughs> our wives are our greatest uh, <clears throat> and they're the one that can tell us if that is the case, but go ahead anyway yeah okay, so for me it's um it 's like an eye opener right for me to know if um what i 'm doing is right or if it 's wrong, right, so I take it positively i don 't um take it from the bad bad side of right. it right okay, Thanks. so two let's give Talia um. Praise Say, God. Hallelujah.
1: Okay, before now, I didn't like it. As in, and criticize me, it's either I'm crying or I'm being defensive and all of that. But right. at um, coming for Thrive, learning about wisdom, some, sometimes silence can really save your life. My friend, we share an apartment together. She will call me and she will tell me, Tally, I think you have pride. I mean, really? What do I do? Is she a believer. Yes, yes. Okay. You have pride, Like But before now, if you tell me I have pride, man, I will show you. Go to whatever. That
0: means you have pride. Wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, God helping me, I'm um, learning. Even from my younger ones, I want to ask them, how am I doing now? Do you think you can advise me on something? Sure.
0: Okay.
1: For me, it's a good start. Okay.
0: Cool. Pastor number three. Oh, she says she doesn't want to answer again, because of you.
2: <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, so when you asked uh, Mike the question whether the wife is around, so I right. felt like, well, maybe I shouldn't even answer the question anymore. Because okay, so um, criticism. Yes, I I do enjoy criticism if. I sense that it is meant to be a constructive criticism to make me um, improve and get better, especially in in the kind of... Pastor, you're smiling. <laughs> in the kind of services that we... Especially when it comes to work, and then um, somebody criticizes our services, then I look at it as a way to get better and to improve. I think to be able to get better at what you do, you have to be open to constructive criticism. Well, if it is not if I don't sense it as being constructive, I trust the Holy Spirit to <laughs> reinterpret for me. But 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 really sincerely, whether I sense it as constructive or not, even if I don't accept it right there and then, I'll go back and think about it i right. trust the Lord to help me.
0: Right, even if you don't accept it right there and then, praise God. <laughs> Good evening. Number four. Four. Okay, cool. Good evening, Pastor. Good evening.
1: Yeah, I
2: like people to criticize me because I will grow.
0: Oh. I
2: will. I will grow stronger.
0: Because you are very you, spiritual. <laughs> yeah. Because when you <laughs> criticize me, such... you make me to stand up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> praise God. Number five,
3: yeah. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, we are all human, so criticism isn't easy. So personally, I don't like it. But many times when I'm being criticized, I, I just smile. Because I know there's nothing I can do about it. They are just saying their own view about me, about how they see me. So I just smile. And I pick the ones I feel it is good for me to make use of. And the ones that I feel is not okay, for me, i just leave it. There was even a time my mom um, was criticizing me for leaving my former church to God's favorite house, and I just smiled. I was just smiling. I didn't see anything, and she was like, we don't even know your mind. We don't even know what you are going to do. You are just smiling. You are not doing anything, but then after some weeks, after some months, we are cool again. She doesn't even see me like i'm attending another church and everything is fine so criticism is good we might not like it but then it is for our own good
0: okay it is for our own good not necessarily but i mean we can always get value from it praise the lord okay let's take um, an exception
1: Good evening, Pastor. Good evening. <clears throat> I don't really like criticism. You don't? No, I don't. Okay. And the reason why, for me, what makes the difference between criticism and advice is based on relationship. If I sense, if I have a good relationship with a person, I sense the person has, you know, like my back or has my interest at heart. I don't see it as criticism. I see it as the person is advising me. I see it as the person is correcting me. But when it comes from somebody, (laughs) I don't know where the person is coming from. I don't even bother. I don't even bother about it.
0: Okay, so that's how you handle it. Yes, sir. Okay. So you really don't like criticism. Cool. Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15 from verse 1 gentle answer deflects anger, but ash words make tempers flare. The tongue of the the wise makes knowledge appealing, but the mouth of a fool belches out foolishness. The Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye on both good and evil, evil and, and the good. Gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Only a fool despises a parent's discipline. Whoever learns from correction is wise. There is treasure in the house of the godly. But the earnings of the wicked bring trouble. The lips... Of the wise give good advice. The heart of a fool has none to give. The Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but he delights in the prayers of the upright. The Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves those who pursue godliness. Whoever abandons the right path will be severely disciplined. Whoever hates correction will die. Even death and destruction hold no secrets from the Lord. How much more does he know the human hearts? Mockers hate to be corrected. So they stay away from the wise. A glad heart makes a happy face. A broken heart crushes the spirit. A wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. For the despondent, every day brings trouble. For the happy heart, life is a continual feast. Better to have a little with the fear of the Lord than to have great treasure an inner turmoil. A bowl of vegetables with someone you love is better than stick with steak with someone you hate. A hot-tempered person starts fights. A cool-tempered person stops them. A lazy person's way is blocked with bri- with briars. <laughs> but. The path of the upright is an open highway. Sensible children bring joy to their father. Foolish children despise their mother. Foolishness brings joy to those with no sense. A sensible person stays on the right path. Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. Everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. The path of life leads upward for the wise. They leave the grave behind. The Lord tears down the house of the proud but it protects the property of widows. The Lord detests evil plans, but He delights in pure words. Greed brings grief to the whole family, but those who hate bribes will leave. The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking, the mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news makes for good health. Verse 31. If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject discipline you will only arm yourself but if you listen to correction you grow in understanding verse 33 fear of the lord teaches wisdom humility precedes honor the lord bless the reading and the understanding of his words in jesus name amen again like every other chapter that we have taken, chapter 15 is so loaded that, you know, I'm like, okay, where do we take this from? Where do we take this from? You know, and if we are doing a, honestly, a three-hour, five-hour teaching on chapter 15, I don't think we will fully exhaust it. So, we are just going to be zooming in on a few things. We have tried to summarize the whole chapter into three focus areas, and we will, um, um, speak on a few things concerning those areas, and I will encourage you to go back and wrestle with Proverbs 15 when you get home. So, Proverbs 15 teaches about three main things. It teaches about words, about worship, and about life. If you're writing, it's Um, You should write that. Praise the Lord. So please write that. (laughs) Proverbs 15 teaches about words, worship, and life. Words, worship, and life. Obviously, there are other things in there. But the main topics are those three. Words, worship, and life. If we look at the words aspect, verses 1 and 4, for starters, says to us that a gentle answer deflects anger, but ash words makes tempers flare. Gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. You see, and we see this every day in our lives. We see this every day in our relationships with husbands and wives, with daddies and mummies, with brothers and sisters. When someone is angry and comes into your room and you answer with a calm, soft, gentle, loving voice, they are usually disarmed except they are possessed. Some people are actually possessed. And they just keep ranting regardless of what you do. But the truth is that even if they are possessed and you keep calm and you keep your words soft, the outcome will always be better than when you give it back to them. Praise the name of the Lord. So, when someone comes ranting and you say, I've been looking at you in this house. Today, now today, I'm going to give you back fire for fire. What's going to happen? There's going to be a combustion. And that's the truth. So, And that goes on with our, at our workplace with our colleagues. You know, there are people that, you know, are quick to jump into conclusions and they come to us you know, with their preconceived ideas of how things are, how we respond, determine the cost of that conversation and that, the cost of that relationship. And God is saying to us, a gentle answer deflects anger. A gentle answer deflects anger how would you characterize your answers typically would you say that you have a gentle answer to the people you do life with you can say i have a gentle answer at least 80% of the time let me see your hands up okay put up your hand can you see that 80% of us are hands were down <laughs> For today God will heal our tongues and heal our hearts in Jesus' name. Gentle words, the word of God says, is a tree of life. What's a tree of life? A tree of life, a tree is known by its fruit. When you say that a a, a mango tree, how do you know a mango tree is a mango tree? If you are not a, a botanist that can tell trees by their leaves, you know, you know, a tree is known by its fruits. So, a tree of life is a tree that whose fruits gives what? Gives life. Gives life. So, God is saying that your words should give life. Your words should be gentle words that give life. So, the fruit of your words, the fruit of my words, should, when we pluck the fruit of your words, and we taste the fruit, what should we get? Life. Again, the question is, if I ask, or if we do a survey of three people that are closest to you, or do life with you, if they were to fill that survey, simple the fruit of this person's lips what does it does it give life or not yes or no what do you think the response would be if it can't be yes consistently then you need to ask that god will take control of your life in jesus name Verse 2 says to us that a tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing. But the mouth of fools belches out foolishness. You know, foolishness overflows. You know, when you belch, you, know, you just, you can't contain it. <laughs> it's like gas. It must come out. But the, the tongue of the wise makes knowledge ap- appealing. You know, have you been around some people that, once you leave their presence, you want to you want to read books, you want to le- learn more, you want to grow more? Those are wise people. When you leave the presence of wise people, they make knowledge appealing. They make it looks ah. You know, some people, same thing. With any subject in life, there are some teachers. They are not wise teachers. They may know the. Subject, the content, but when the student leaves the class, they don't want to, they hate the subject. That shows this teacher is not a wise teacher. A wise teacher, by the time the student leaves the class, the student is hungry for more of what the subject matter is. So if it's a physics teacher, by the time he's done teaching physics, the children should leave the class wanting more physics. If it's a math teacher, You know, by the time he's done teaching math, the children should leave the class wanting more math. But many of us we've seen math math teachers that when we leave the class, we say, "Oh, I don't know math. (laughs) You know, I don't like math." You know, you have just encountered an unwise person, or math is not your destiny. (laughs) It's one of the two. (laughs) It's one of the two. (laughs) Verse seven. Says, the lips of the wise give good advice. The heart of fools has nothing to give. Again, wisdom and words are inseparable. Wisdom and words are inseparable. The wise person knows how to speak. The foolish person has nothing to offer. Wisdom and words are inseparable. You know a wise person by the words they speak. In fact, when a foolish person keeps quiet, you can't tell whether they are wise or foolish. So you conclude that they are wise until they open their mouth to talk. They like, say, ah, <laughs> it's one." Praise the name of the Lord. You know, by God's grace, in talking with people in three minutes, I can tell where you are. Less than three minutes. Talking generally, I can tell. But it doesn't mean it's a hopeless case, it means, you know, many times there's work to be done. There's work to be done. Verse 28 says to us, The the heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. The mouth of fools and the wicked overflow with evil words. You know, have you heard people say, I need to tell you how I feel. I need to express myself. I need to finish. I need to offload. (laughs) That's a foolish person. Very foolish person. Ah, now I feel better. Oh, okay, come, let's play. No, 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 we are not playing. You have just said, you have just spewed bile. The heart of the wise, of the godly. You see, the Proverbs uses certain words interchangeably. We use wise, we use godly. We use the righteous interchangeably. And we use foolish, we use simple, we use wicked, you know. In other words, they are the same. The heart of the wise thinks carefully before speaking. One of the hallmarks of a wise person is they are not quick to offer advice, they are not quick to offer advice. One of the hallmark of a foolish person is what? They are very quick to offer advice. Before you even finish talking, they will be giving you advice. Foolish person. If you're a wise person, you just listen and you nod. In fact, wise people will ask you for your, what do you th- They won't tell you what they think. They will ask you what you think. <laughs> you know a fool by how quickly they give advice. The heart of the wise thinks carefully before speaking. The wise person is not quick to speak. He's not, he's not quick to speak. He's, he contemplates. He's contemplative. He's, 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 he, yes, the facts are before him. But yet, he's thinking. He's, he's considering all his options. He doesn't jump at it. Many times, you know... Counseling couples, one of the major challenges in marriages is one person wants to say how they feel when they are hurt. They want to say all out when they are hurt. If you go back to Proverbs um, 5, 15 to 28, the scripture before now. The wise, thinks carefully. You feel this way now. If you say the things you want to say, the way you feel now, after you have finished speaking, you will feel that way again. But you will have spewed poison in your relationship. Praise the name of the Lord. So, so what do you do? But pastor, I'm an emotional person. I need to talk. I need to talk. What do I do? Be wise. Wise person. Thinks carefully about what they're about to say. But I'm boiling. Ask for grace to be calm. Try it. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. The first time you try it, it will be difficult. The second time, it will be difficult. The third time, it will be easier. And the more you try it, the easier it becomes. You cannot say, but pastor, are we not supposed to be um, open <laughs> and honest? Yes, we are. But we are not meant to be foolish. Hallelujah. You know, I understand. It's choking some people real deep so they can't, the clap won't come easily. (laughs) But we are not called to be foolish. You can't respond as you feel. Only fools respond as they feel. This is how I feel. You have to separate how you feel from how you respond. There are, honestly, there are many people that, even as a pastor, if I've responded the way I felt, heads uh, will have rolled. Eggs will have rolled. And the challenge with many of us is that we are praying to be Anointed. We are praying, and I pray that you get anointed in Jesus' name. We are praying to have the raw power of God. But the truth is, for many of us, if we really touch the power of God, we kill people. (laughs) You will have killed your spouse ten times over before you know it. And that's what God watches before he commits his resources to you. Can you control power? Can you control power? People will squeeze you. Can you stay calm? Can you step aside and separate your feelings from your response? The more you are able to do that, the more heaven can commit power to you. Because they know that you will not Because once you are, once the beauty, well, the beauty of the the challenge about being anointed is that once you are anointed, you are anointed. You will give account of it, right? But you are anointed. Look at Elijah. The children told told him, oh, Baba Pari, the man with the bald head, what did he do? It's Elijah, right? Is it Elisha? Is Elijah? Elisha? Oh. Is it Elisha? Elijah he lied something. So. <laughs> he's one of the prophets of God. <laughs> he says that if i be a man of God, something like that, let bear comes out come out. And those children were devoured. Now, is that right? To be killing people every time? They abuse you. They say, you you, you have uh, shuku. Your forehead is like shiny shuku, whatever. Is it? You can't. But you see, if you don't cross this line... A lot of things become elusive to you as a Christian. I pray you will cross it in Jesus' name. Okay, let's go to worship quickly. Worship. Worship. And we'll look at verse 9. It says, The Lord detests the way. Of the wicked. But he loves those who pursue godliness. Verse 8. The Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked. But he delights in the prayers of the upright. So when you come to worship. God detests the the way. The doings and the sacrifice of the wicked. Worship is a heart matter. It's the heart matter. And we say that. Wicked, foolish is the same. So, God detests the worship of the fool. A fool says everything in his mind. So, you can't finish saying everything in your mind, abusing everybody. And you are coming to, to say, I love you, Lord. And you are shedding tears. You are just shedding crocodile tears. Is that what it is called? Crocodile tears. Or alligator tears. <laughs> or tortoise tears. Whatever. Worship. It's big. Verse 11. Worship is a heart issue. And it's plain before God. It's, the, our hearts are plain before God. It says, even death and destruction holds no secret from the Lord. How much more does... He knows the heart of man, the human heart. So, God knows everybody's heart. Everybody's heart is playing before him. And worship is a heart issue. Worship is not a music issue. Worship is not a vocal issue. Worship is not a singing issue. Worship is a heart issue. And, of course... I mean, if you want to be in the choir, you have to be able to sing. You can't say, Pastor, I'm a worshiper. You can't hold a note. Be worshipping in the congregation. (laughs) God will bless you. In Jesus' name. I mean, but beyond the note, when the music fades, and all is stripped away And I simply come You know that song Longing just, just to bring, bring Something that's of That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than,
1: than a song For a song in itself. You have required Goodbye. you search much deeper within. To the way things are being, you're looking into my heart, I'm coming back to the
0: 29 says the Lord is far from the fool but he hears the prayers of the wise. The Lord is far from the fool but he hears the prayers of the wise. Huge. Then we go to the third part which is life. That. Proverbs fifteen talked about, and we look at verse six. Proverbs fifteen six it says There's treasure in the house of the godly, but the earnings of the wicked bring trouble. There's treasure in the house of the wise, but the earnings of fools. Brings what? Brings trouble. There's treasure in the in the house of the wise. But the earnings of fools bring trouble. How you handle your finances determined whether you are wise godly or whether you are foolish or wicked. If you handle your finances God's way, God says, treasure will be in your house. If you handle your finances in a foolish way, God says, it will bring trouble. It will only bring trouble. It will only bring trouble. And you can think through how does God want us to handle our finances? The principle of priority: God first. The principle of saving: put aside. The principle of what? Come on! Are you forgotten? You okay? So I want I want to encourage you, everyone here, get. Thinking clearly about your finances—it's um, a message we preached some time ago. You can get it for free, and listen to it, and listen to it. So the person, let's say the proof of priority—the person that doesn't put God first in his finances—he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't do it, and he, he, he does conny conny, he does this, does that, does this, does everything's going to crash. Everything. It's going to crash. And when it crashes, it won't won't be the devil. Praise the Lord. Verse 12 says, Mockers hate to be corrected, so they stay away from the wise. (laughs) It is so true. You know, Mockers hates to be corrected. So they stay away from the wise. I was speaking with, uh, I think, uh, Pastor K. and he was asking me about someone that, that would say, he would say to anyone that is a member of God's favorite house, but he stays away from me. You know? <laughs> he stays away from me. You know why he stays away from me? Because the things I tell him are our sound, he doesn't, doesn't like to hear. But he knows if he comes close to me, he will hear it. So, he stays away from me. But if you see him outside, he will say, oh, I go to God's baby house. <laughs> you know? Praise God. But, if you check, if you can reach and check verse 5 and verse 10, it talks about correction. It talks about Only a fool despises a parent's discipline. Thank you. Whoever learns from correction is wise. Verse 10 says, Whoever abandons the right path will be severely disciplined. Whoever hates correction will die. So it's a big deal not to hate correction. It's a huge deal. And correction, criticism are used interchangeably. So it's a big deal not to like to be criticized. Mm. So the question is, who has earned the right to speak into your life? In criticism, like Pastor Moyo was saying, in a way. Who has earned the right to speak into your life in criticism? So there are two categories. Those that are in a place to speak into your life in criticism, they are what you call the wise or in the case parents or whatever or, you know, when they criticize, if you don't like it you are playing with destruction. That's what the Bible says. I didn't say it. Did you read in the Bible? It's in the Bible. So if people that can look at your life and criticize it, however way you want to call it, correct, correction, feedback, advice, whatever, it's, it's criticism. And you don't take it. The scripture says you're a mocker. That's one end. Then the other end is those that haven't earned the right to criticize. The question is, do they have the right to criticize or not? The answer is though You may consider your life private. Your decisions private. But your life is actually public. So, do they have the right to criticize or not? The answer is technically it's irrelevant whether they have the right to criticize or not. The issue is Where God wants us to be is to be able to separate the fish from the bone. Whether it's coming from a donkey or it's coming from a prophet. Sometimes it is the donkey that is giving you the word and it is the word from the Lord. And when you say that, oh, it's a donkey, stupid donkey, how can you talk to me? You are a bloody donkey. (laughs) Guess what? The donkey is a donkey. But the word that he has spoken is the word. You have to separate the chaff from the wheat. Take the fish and spit out the bone. That is for those that you consider don't have the right to criticize you. Sometimes there's no value in anything they are saying. But throw it out of the window. But what if there is? What if there is? What if there is? What if there is? Praise the Lord. You see, everybody on earth, has an opinion. But guess what? You have to get to a place where you know that it is just their opinion. If they they, um, are kind enough to offer the opinion to you, whether you like it or not, be grateful for them. Thank them for it. Then sit and evaluate it. The Bible says the wise man will hear and will increase in learning the one that you think is inaccurate or is what have you, what I do is obviously I mean, I have a very thick skin so criticism doesn't bother me It actually amuses me It <laughs> actually amuses me so but I listen Some, I turn into comedy. And I laugh. But the one that I think is valuable, I'll take. The one I think is not valuable, guess what? I still don't throw it out. I call the people that are around me that I trust. And I say to them, what do you think about this? And sometimes, they'll say, ah, God, okay, i have been tried to tell you this thing since. Who told you? <laughs> then you are better off. Sometimes they say, no, oh, no, 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 no. This person. Then you know that you have not dismissed it sentimentally. You see the way to be wise? Uh, that's the way to be a wise person. Because criticism is the breakfast of champions. Someone said. Criticism is the breakfast of champions. Champions eat criticism as snacks. <laughs> they know how to process it, they have a system. I've just shared with you my system of processing criticism. They have a system. So criticism doesn't face them, they pass it through the funnel. Hallelujah. Okay, so I'm going to breeze through it. Where did we stop? Verse what? Verse 12. Okay, so let's go to first, verse 14. It says, A wise person is hungry for knowledge while food, fools feed on, on trash. So that, is, that speaks for itself. A wise person is hungry for knowledge, wants to grow, wants to read books, wants to learn. Verse 13. A glad heart... Makes a happy face. A broken heart crushes the spirit. Verse fifteen. For the despondent, every day brings trouble. So, if you are not, um, if you don't have a glad heart, a merry heart, you are despondent. Every day is is is, is, is a chore. It, 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 it brings trouble. But if you are, if you are, you have a merry heart. You are happy. Life is a continual feast. Every day is fun for a merry heart. Every day is fun. Is, is it, the people that have a merry heart also have challenges the same way with people that have a despondent heart. They both have challenges. So, But for the person with a merry heart, it's a party all year round. He's just having fun. But for the person with a despondent heart. So you have to make sure your heart is merry. And only you are responsible for it. Your spouse is not responsible for making you happy. Your children are not responsible for making you happy. Oh, all the days I've been in this house, I have not been happy. You have not made me happy. That's your choice. That's your choice. You have chosen not to be happy. Everyone say, my happiness is in my hands. <laughs> it's in your hands. If you are not, it's your choice. If you are not, it's your choice. And there's nothing. You can't blame me for your choice. It's your choice. Satan is the owner of uh, sorrow. <laughs> okay. Ah, uh, We need to zoom. So verse 16 says, better to have a little with the fear of the Lord than to have great treasure with inner turmoil. You have great treasure with inner turmoil. A bowl of vegetables with someone you love is better than steak with someone you hate. You know, I want to counsel um, couples that, you know, practically hate themselves. They have a lot of money, but they practically hate themselves. Then, you're counseling couples that they don't have much, but you can see that they practically they so they adore themselves. They and they are struggling to be like the couple that have everything. And I'm looking at the two. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Stay where you are and enjoy your life. Not stay where you are, right? You'll be promoted, but enjoy it. Well, what happened is that when couples. That have just enough that are intimate and they are into themselves. Chase after the good life. The process. Scar them so badly. By By the time they get there, they are strangers. And they hate themselves. So what do you want? Which do you prefer? The better life. Hallelujah. Verse nineteen says, "A lazy person's way is blocked by briars. Briars are like thorns with with um, bushes with thorns. But the path of the upright is an open highway. So laziness." is a major barrier to success. And the kind of barrier it is, is the barrier with burglary proof. No, not just burglary proof. What's that thing called? Those wires, barbed wires. It is, it is, it is a barrier with barbed wires. That is laziness to success. And finally, verse 31 says, if you listen to constructive criticism you will be at home among the wise if you listen to constructive criticism you will be at home among the wise thank you for listening to this I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends God bless you Tell him what comes <muchos>